To hear the full episode, become a patron at patreon.com slash deathpanelpod. Welcome to the Death Panel. Patrons, thank you so much for supporting the show. We could not do any of this without you. If you'd like to support the show, become a patron at patreon.com slash deathpanelpod. And if you want to help us out a little bit more, you can share the show with your friends, post about your favorite episodes, pre-order Health Communism, or request it at your local library, and follow us at deathpanel underscore. So today we have quite the packed episode for you. Artie, Phil, and I are joined by three returning friends of the panel today to discuss the United States Supreme Court ruling in the Dobbs versus Jackson case that overturned the federal right to an abortion established uh, half century ago in the case Roe versus Wade. This decision was anticipated to work out this way, and over the last year we have covered Dobbs v. Jackson from many angles, and now that the decision has been made final, and this codified right is, you know, quote unquote, being kicked back to the states. We've asked the guests who have helped us cover this along the way back on the show to talk about what happens now that Roe is dead. So first we have Abby Cardis. Abby is a perinatal epidemiologist who has studied the way that health capitalism intersects with pregnancy in the United States, resulting in disastrous health outcomes. Abby is also currently a postdoctoral research associate at Brown University School of Public Health as part of the People, Place, and Health Collective. Abby, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much. Next, we have Charlotte Shane. Charlotte is a writer, author of the books Prostitutes, Laundry, and NB, and co-founder of Tiger Bee Press. Charlotte has been involved for a number of years as a volunteer for abortion funds and wrote a great essay about it in New York Review in May called Can You Describe This? Charlotte, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me back. So glad to have you. And finally, last but not least, we have Melissa Jira Grant. Melissa is a staff writer at the New Republic who has been covering reproductive rights for a long time, including the recent piece called The Fight for Abortion Rights Must Break the Law to Win. Melissa is the author of the book Playing the Whore, The Work of Sex Work, and the forthcoming book A Woman is Against the Law. Melissa, welcome back. Guys, thanks for having us all here. This is ridiculous, actually. <laughs> We're going to do this. It's, it's awesome to have all three of you on at once, to be honest. This yeah. is a dream. <laughs> So as I said at the top, the Supreme Court has issued its decision in the Dobbs v. Jackson case overturning the right to an abortion. To quote from Justice Samuel Alito's 79-page majority opinion, which was issued Friday morning on June 24th, 2022, quote, The Constitution does not confer a right to abortion. Roe and Casey are overruled, and the authority to regulate abortion is returned to the people and their elected representatives. Ah, yes, the people. (laughs) The people, of course. Now, on May 2nd, 2022, Politico published a leaked draft of this opinion, and this is the result of a decades-long legal fight that has sucked up a lot of energy and movement resources. This outcome was also anticipated by the people who have been doing organizing on the ground around reproductive justice for decades, who have been working outside of the legal system and sometimes outside of the law to help people get abortions. To say that it's anticipated is not to downplay the severity of this decision, nor is it to chastise people who are just now grasping what has been going on all along. But it is to say that this is an incredible lesson. We did not lose abortion under Trump or under George Bush or under Reagan. We lost it under Joe Biden. While the Democratic Party controlled both the House and the Senate, there is almost no clearer example of that limp, meandering liberalism that is nothing but a house of cards than the way this ruling instantly turned into a barrage of fundraising asks from the Democratic Party and an onslaught of takes from people saying, actually, this is going to be good and galvanize people in the midterms. 
So obviously, we're going to work against that framing today. And Melissa, as you wrote in your most recent piece for The New Republic, this is a moment for a lot of people to play catch up here. For many, the Democratic messaging is ringing untrue for the first time. This is a much bigger issue than electoral politics. This is about collective political will and how we decide to make society. And you said it very well in your piece. You said, quote, it's not just the overturning of Roe, I believe, that unsettles the whole idea of a rule of law that defines and protects rights is correctly feeling just as unstable. So to start us off, can you talk about what you mean by this and how you see the increasing instability of the concept of liberal rights growing through the realization, reaffirmation or confirmation that the courts will not save us and we're going to have to save ourselves? Oh, yeah, no big deal. <laughs> I'll do my best. Um, you know, it, I feel like there's kind of one kind of catching up that I talked about mostly in my piece, which is this sense of some people needing to catch up to the idea that Roe was always unstable. We could mm. never take Roe for granted. And that the work that people were doing to actually ensure access to abortion in a meaningful way was not what elite liberal attorneys were doing in the highest court, that there was a lot more day-to-day work to ensure abortion access. And some of that work is going to continue, even if that work um, now may be happening outside the law. So that's like sort of one group of people who are who are catching up, right? People who maybe like weren't as plugged into abortion rights, um, but who are sort of getting a sense of this landscape now, like what's going to happen once we've lost this? Oh, there's people who've actually been like planning for this moment. Um, and, you know, I can sort of contribute to their efforts. I don't have to like freak out and create an abortion mm-hmm. underground railroad. Please don't call it that. Um, and all of these other ideas <laughs> that have been floating around social media over the weekend. Um, right, the so kind of white, white savior complexes. Yes, right. I'll come in and start. The new 501c3 that I only have two members, me and my friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We do not need the safety pin club for abortion. It's just like not not what we need. If you guys remember right after yeah. Trump was elected. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, 